So today's title, and let's just share a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we'll just give you glory. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, because, Lord, you're going to speak through me. Lord, help me to speak as your oracle. Help me, Lord, that I don't dilute the word, that this word will come undiluted in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we just give you glory. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, Lord, we also pray for the hearers, that, Lord, as we hear the word, we ought to, or we also will be doers of the word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today's teaching is, a, is titled, Christians, be led of the Holy Spirit. Christians, it's like, the, you, could, you could just summarize it like, be led of the Holy Spirit, but it's like, God is saying, Christians, be led of the Holy Spirit. Galatians, the scripture is Galatians 5, 16 to 18. Galatians 5, 16 to 18, New Living Translation. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you would, you would, you would not be doing what this, your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation. You're not under obligation to the law of Moses. You know, as, as, as you know, you know, the Lord is in charge, honestly, you think about it. I just really, you know, you, one has to, as a pastor, one has to just submit to God. You know, because the reason why I say that, because I know last, last two Sundays we've been talking about worry. And, and the Lord says, okay, you know, I, I, I kind of felt that, you know, if we don't finish, we'll finish the next time. So I just, we finish that one, then we have part three. And the Lord says, you know what, this teaching is also, is also in is also part of this aspect of worry. But it's even even though he gives a different title, but it's also, it encompasses, it's, it's part of it. It's, if, if you're led of the Holy Spirit, the whole aspect of being worried is not going to be there. So, you know, the Lord, the Lord also, me, I feel also that, you know, it's the Lord's church. It's not my church. It's God's church. So it's, it's God that will basically lead us. He knows what is needed at a particular time. So I believe that this, like I said, this topic kind of deals with the aspect of worry. And I pray that our eyes will be open to understand, you know, the truth of the word. And my prayer is that, you know, this teaching would open our eyes to know how, what we've been doing wrong and how to correct, correct what we've been doing wrong, you know, how to basically lean on, on God at all times. Praise the Lord. So, you know, I also, another thing, another thing is that, I, like, I, like I, I spoke to them in, um, for our prayer, prayer meeting, that we need to, if you have a moment, or you have an hour to spend, you know, you put on, go to our podcast, or it could go on YouTube, and listen to Thursday's teaching. Because Thursday's teaching is somewhat of a continuation of today's teaching. It's a continuation because God is trying to trying to encourage us Christians to really walk in the Spirit, be led of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Lord revealed to me that a lot of Christians are walking by flesh, are allowing our sinful nature to dominate them. They are allowing their sinful nature to dominate their thinking, to dominate their life. But they are not allowing the Holy Spirit to dominate their lives. You know, and, and that's why this teaching is kind of very critical. It's more of, I think it's just more of, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a general thinking, 
but also it's, it's, it's a very detailed thinking so that when we have an understanding of being led of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, the whole aspect of worry kind of vanishes because you know you're led of God. And if you're led of God, God, God knows the end from the beginning. So my prayer, my prayer is that we'll continuously, after this teaching, like I said, you know, is we'll continuously put on the new nature created in Jesus and walk according to the to the direction of the Holy Spirit. So let me let me read let me read that scripture again. So it's just more of so we understand how, how we can zone into it. Let's look at that scripture again. Sorry, Pastor. Aya. It says, Galatians 5, 16 to 18, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide, guide your life. There's a guidance, guide your life. Then you wouldn't, you would not be doing what your sinful nature craves. You need to check yourself and find out as, as your sinful nature been guiding your life or has the Holy Spirit been guiding your life. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what this, the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when, 18, but when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. So for us to really understand this teaching, we need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to beginning, you know, the beginning of when the era, I'll call it the era of Adam and Eve. You know, in the beginning, God and Adam had a relationship. And you know, you know that for, for God and Adam to have a relationship, what happened? God is spirit. So Adam, Adam was what? He's also spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. So Adam was connecting and communicating with God through his spirit. So, and that's, that's how Adam was communicating with God. You know, God, God told Adam, to, so said, said, Adam, do not touch what? Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat from that tree. And look at, let's look at it. Like I said, this, this teaching might be, I'm gonna say also this, it might be, it might, you might know it, but just, just flow with me because there's a revelation. There's a revelation that God really opened my eyes to. You know, I, I will say this before I read that, but so you can leave it there. Before I read that, I've been, I've been praying, say, God, I need to understand what it means, you know, this whole aspect of the law. I need to understand it. And God opened my eyes yesterday on Thursday. So I want to, I'm encouraging you to, even if you, you know this, but I want you to work with me so that as you're working with me, you're working with the Lord. And now God will start to open your eyes too as he opened mine. Praise the Lord. So Galatians 2, 16 to 17. But the Lord God warned him, you, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you are sure to die. So the God gave him an instruction. God gave Adam an instruction. And you know, and the devil came out and painted a picture and tricked Adam. And when he tricked Adam, the Bible said that when you do, when you eat that, he said, You shall surely what? You shall surely die. And Adam, the devil came and did what? Told him the what? The complete opposite and tricked him, and tricked him. He went for the wife, then the wife gave it to, to what? To, to Adam. And you know, there's a lot of teaching about that. You know, there's a lot of teaching. I don't want to go into that whole, people say, oh, they, they, they capitalized on the wife because you know, she was a weaker vessel. No, the key, the key here is that it's not just the whole weaker vessel. The man was, the, the, the devil was capitalizing on the aspect of the physical. He's looking at, look at how beautiful things are. Come on, this is not how God said you're going to be. It was, it's, it's the, the man is so crafty. Look at what, let's look at um, uh, 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 Genesis 16, 
So Genesis 3, Genesis 3, 3, 1 to 6. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to show you how crafty this devil is. Genesis 3, 1 to 6. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the animal, wild animals the Lord God had made. It says, one day, let's just read it. Let's read the whole thing. It says, one day he asked the, the woman, did God really say you must eat, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Look at what the look at how the devil lies. He always throws things upside down. He says, You would not, you would not die. The serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be what open as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Weren't they like God? God created them in their own in his own image. They were like God already. He's a trickster, and that's how he convinced he convinced and convinced them. He's such a trickster because of this single disobedience. Sin came into what the world. He's a trickster. He always, when when God says it's good, the devil says no, it's bad. When God says it's bad, he now turns it around and says it's good. And think about it. That's exactly what's happening in the world now. I don't even want to go there because that's what is going on in the world. Things that are there is an abomination. People of God are saying it is good. But you will understand what I'm saying when I finish. He says, because of, because of this single one act of disobedience, sin has, has came into the world. Adam did not physically die. It was what his spirit that died. His spirit died. And that's why God did what he said, leave me, go. Go, your spirit has died. I cannot communicate with you any longer. There's no way of communication. So from, from Adam, Adam to Moses, look, they lived in a misguided lifestyle. They had to fend for themselves. They had sin was rampant for sure. Oh, sin was rampant. Sin was all over the place. Do you know in Genesis 4, the first murder occurred. The first murder, when Adam was with God, there was nothing like murder. There was not, it was just him. He was having a wonderful time with God. But as soon as there was a part, the sin came in. When sin came into the world, murder happened. Look at Genesis 4.8 in NIV. Genesis 4, it says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. That was the first murder because what? Everybody was out to fend for what? You fend for yourself. You know, sin is rampant. Everybody, you, you upset me, I'll kill you off. You know, so there was no guidance. God, when, when Adam was with God, there was guidance because God was guiding his life. But when Adam sinned, sin came into the world. Look at, look at this. This one is one that I, we need to understand this too. You see, during the life of during the life of Joseph, you know, each time I think about Joseph's life, I say, wow, that, this dude passed through. And you look at the end, the man says, the man says, he could have been bitter, but he wasn't. But that's not that's not the story I want to go. But but one thing is you look you look at you look at Joseph's Joseph's life because of his dream, his brothers were what jealous, they were they were envious, and from envy what happened? They mixed it with what hatred. You know James three sixteen says in New King New King James, James three sixteen New King James, it says, for where for where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and everything, every evil thing are there. James 3, 16. It says, for where there 
Where, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and everything are there. Look, Joseph's brother was, they were, the brothers were full of envy and jealousy. And because, because of that one single dream, think about it now. They move from what? Let's try and kill him. This is why I talk about evil. There's evil when you have this envy, jealousy, and hatred. There's so much evil that is going on rampant. They move from killing, let's kill this man, to let's put him in, into the pit. His own brother, flesh and blood. Can you imagine flesh and blood? His own his own brother. Then he finally sold him to what? Slavery. Because of what? The single fact of there was sin in the world. The sin in the world. The, they were defending, they were doing, oh, you know what? Let me, let me think about it. You think about Nigeria. So let me, let me, let me put poison. Let me put poison in my brother's food. You own flesh and blood. You own flesh and blood. I heard a story of a man that was in, it was, it was in Malaysia, he was sending money to, to, to his brother in Nigeria to build a house for him. Then the man comes back, the guy from Malaysia comes back. Demanding, okay, where's my where's the house? The, 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 the brother says, brother, I didn't build any house. When the brother in Malaysia was getting upset at him, he went to sleep. The, at night, he went and shot his brother. The one from Nigeria shot his brother from Malaysia. Sin, evil, evil, chaos. People, people did not know what was wrong and what was right. They had no guidance. There was no guidance. There's, there was no guidance, period. Now, fast forward to the era of Moses. God gave Moses the law, and the law was given as what? A guide. Now, God knew that these people, there was no guidance, so he now brings a guide. He now brings a guide, and the guide was the law. And look at, look at, and this was given so that they know what was wrong and what was right. Exodus 31, 18. New Living Translation. He says, when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, Sinai, he says, he, he gave him the two, the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant written in the finger of God, written by the finger of God. He, thank you so much. He says, you can, you can see that the law was a covenant. He says it now. He says the terms of the covenant. The law was a covenant between what God and his people. And it was a temporary solution that God says, these people are just living, they're living without any kind of guidance. Okay, I'm going to bring the law. I'll bring the law forward so that I, I would be the one that would guide them. So God brought this temporary solution. He brought this forward to help his people and also to bring them back towards himself. The law was a guide. It was there to guide, to show them that they needed a guide. Think about the speed limit on the freeway. That's, that shows you there's a law in New Jersey, in the in the New Jersey uh, uh, Garden State Parkway, there's there's a there's a speed limit. It says you can't go more than what fifty five. That's a law. If you go more than fifty five, they give you what a ticket. It's to guide you, because if there's no speed limit, you can go hundred miles per hour. And who knows who you're going to kill along the road? So one of the law, one of the law. That you know that God 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 gave Moses was what He said, "Thou shalt not cut covet." So it meant that people would have to try what their physical hardest, their physical ability to what not to do what take their neighbor's property, their neighbor's wife, or anything that had to do with their what their neighbor. So they worked hard by their physical ability. To make sure what they kept the what the law. They worked hard. You know, you work hard not to press the what 
the throttle so that what you go so fast. So you do what, and that's why they came up with what um, cruise control. The cruise control helps you. You can cruise. You can at fifty-five. If you're going to like Maryland, you know there are a lot of cops around, so you know that the speed limit is sixty-five. So you put cruise control. So maybe you'll be like sixty-five, seventy, and you keep it. You keep it that way so you don't get a what a ticket. So God brought this law to guide His people. We should not forget that the law was given by God, and so the law was His spirit. So we cannot achieve spiritual things with physical abilities. We cannot do that. Think about this for a minute. You know, I, you know, I want us to think, think about this. Are you able to stop anger on your own? Are you able to stop the wrong things when you know they are right? Look, it is impossible. I, 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 I gave a detailed explanation of, you know, on Thursday, when I used to smoke and drink. I couldn't stop smoking. It, it, was, it was tough. Even when I had a patch, I was still smoking. I, I had nicotine gum. I was still smoking. It was difficult. It was completely so difficult. I was almost, in, in, I almost died. And even then, even when I almost died, that was when the, doc, the doctor says, take the packs, take the gum, try and quit smoking. Well, if not for God. So it's impossible to change without the help of Jesus. It's impossible, way impossible. This is what Paul was saying. If you look at Romans, Romans 7, 21 to 25. New Living Translation. Look at what Jesus, uh, Paul says. He says, I have discovered the principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is what? Wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there's another power within me that is at war with, with my mind. The power, this power makes me a slave to the, to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life of life that is dominated by sin and death? 25, he says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how much, how, how, how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to what? To sin. This is what the sinful nature does. You cannot do it on your own. You need who? Jesus. You need Jesus to do what? To change your what? Your life. You need Jesus to change your perspective. You need Jesus to curb that anger. You need Jesus to curb that vice. <laughs> Have you seen people that say, look, for me, I had, I had it. I know I'm alone. Or maybe I'm alone. I, or you... No. I don't know, maybe you two, you two, you two. All of us are, are in the same boat. We all have uh, one thing that we are struggling with. All of us, we have one thing. Me, I, I know that I had, I had several. <laughs> I had several. And I tried. Hey, I even told my wife, please, you're going to be my accountable partner. You're going to help me. I'm going to try. The first week I'll try and I'll I would be I'll be on top of the world. I'll tell my wife, I say, I got it. <laughs> I got it. The next week, I forgot about it. And before you know it, I go back to the same thing again. I go back to it. I go back to the same nonsense. And that's the same thing happened with the cigarette. <laughs> Can you imagine when I stopped smoking? I was on the patch. And when I was smoking, I was smoking a pack a day. When I was in the patch, I was smoking two packs a day. And you know what they say, when you have the patch, the patch is putting nicotine in your body and you're smoking. You say you're putting double nicotine in your body. It means your, 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 your future is very bleak. Why? Because before you know it, you might have a stroke. 
But what happened to me? I took the word of God. I took the word. And the word, it is Jesus as well does what? Changes you from what? Inside out. It changes you. It curbs it. It removes it. eradicates it. Now let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to the time of Jesus. Jesus came to do what? To undo the works of the devil. To undo it, to, to, to eradicate it, to remove it. Let's look at 1 John 3, 8. New Living Translation. 1 John 3, 8. It says, but when people who keep on sinning, let me, let me read this again. But when people who keeps on sinning, it shows what, it shows that they belong to who? To the devil. Who has been sinning what? Since the beginning. But the son of God came to destroy the works of who? Of the devil. Jesus came to reverse what the devil did. One of the things that God did for us through Jesus was to bring us back to what? To the relationship of the father and the son. Bring us back to the relationship he had with what? Adam. Before the, devil, before the devil came and destroyed the whole thing. This is what, what one of the things, because like I said, in the beginning, that's why you have, I had to go to the beginning. Adam had that relationship, had that conversation. His spirit was, that's what was happening. But let me don't go ahead of myself. Look at how did this, how was this done? Jesus came and gave us his, what? his nature, his new nature, his nature. He gave us his nature. And how did he give us his nature? He had to cut off. He had to cut out the sinful nature. The nature that we got from who? Our four, 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 four fathers. Adam. <laughs> he had to cut it off. And how did he cut it off? Was a spiritual circumcision. Let's look at Colossians 2.11. Colossians 2.11. He says, in New Living Translation. Colossians 2.11 says, when you, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision the cutting away of our sinful nature. Let me just say something. Is this is sometimes you, you you with Christianity? I believe sometimes we want to understand everything, which is good. But you know what? The key here is, is we need to walk by what by faith. <laughs> we need to walk. He says it is impossible to please God without faith. You need to believe that this is exactly what Jesus is. He cut it off. So trying to say, how did he do it? Mm. Uh, I think he used uh, machete. No, forget about that. He said what? It was a spiritual what? Circumcision. All you have to believe, this is what Jesus did. And you know the thing about it is, when you and I accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says it was cut off. So as soon as he cut, you know when you cut something off, if you, if you were whole, you know, you're, like you have a, like, like this bottle, you cut it off. There's a, there's, a, there's a hole. So you need to fill that hole back. So this whole thing can be what? A whole bottle. So what happened? Jesus said what? The Bible says what? He cut off what? Our sinful nature. And in his place of the sinful nature, he gave us what? His nature. Praise the Lord. This is an awesome thing. Because he cut off that sinful nature. In, you know, that sinful nature to do what? To do what? Evil. And God, what God, what God did, what He replaced it with the nature of Jesus to do what to do good. The nature of Jesus, so we can have the com communication. And when He did that and gave us the nature of who of Jesus, the Bible says our spirit came alive. <clears throat> our spirit came alive. We we are now able to communicate with who our Father, just like. Adam was able to communicate with our father prior to the fall. So while Jesus was on earth, 
he he was the one that guided what the people he was the one that guided his disciples no longer the law it was him that was the guide he was teaching them about the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of heaven is like this is what he did while he was on earth and that's why it's so important when a new a new covert somebody that that newly comes to the kingdom, you need, somebody needs to guide him and still continue to point him to who? To Jesus. You can't just leave him by himself. If you leave him by himself, somebody else that is blind will come and leave him. And the Bible says a blind that leaves the blind will fall into who? The ditch. The, the new believer needs to, because he has a new life, he needs to be guided by somebody to know how to become a Christian. Praise the Lord. So what, what happened was Jesus was here on earth and he, was, he guided what his people, he guided the disciples. But look at what happened in John 16, five to seven. And 13 to 14. John 16, 5 to 7. But says, But now I go to him who sent me. He's saying, What? I go to my father who sent me. And none of you ask me, Where am I going? Because, but because I have, have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, it is to your great advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you what? Into all what? All truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come and he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Praise the Lord. So what happened was Jesus was going to, going back to, because he came from heaven, stripped of his what? His godly right. He came as man and he had to go back to God, because he achieved, praise the Lord, he achieved what he came for. He came and reversed it. And his mission was over. And because his mission was over, he went back to what? To his father. But he says, I'm not leaving you what? As orphans. I'm not leaving you without a guide. I'm not leaving you. I'm leaving you with who? The Holy Spirit. That's why he says, I'm leaving you with a guide, a guide, a comforter, a strengthener, an advocate. I'm leaving you with one. I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is his role. This is what he's supposed to do for us. He's supposed to guide us in what? All truth. He was... And it, let me just say this, the Holy Spirit, because Jesus left since, so the Holy Spirit is already here. He's not that, when he says he has, he's already here, he's, he's, he's with us. He's to guide us in what? All truth. For he will not speak on his own, his own authority. Whatever he hears who? Whatever he hears from, from who? From Jesus, from God, he will speak. He will tell you, let me, I want to say something about this. The way the Holy Spirit described this to me. Where he say, whatever he hears, he will speak. Look at what happens. I'm going to describe this. The way the Lord explained that to me is this. this he explained to me a long time ago, but after this, he brought it to my attention now. To just explain. You know, when you pray, you pray to God. What happens is that when you pray to God, Wherever you are, you pray. It gets to God, the Father. 
God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. They come together. They come together to talk about your prayer. Say, okay, this is how we're going to solve it. And he, the Holy Spirit, is the one that does what? Takes the information that all three of them, all three of them agreed upon and does what? And now comes and sends it to your spirit. Comes and tells your spirit, this is uh, the solution. That's why he says, he says what? He does not speak on his own what? Authority. He speaks on the authority of who? God the Father, God the Son, and he himself. All of them come together and say, this is how we're going to do it. Now, who executes it is the Holy Spirit. Say, whatever he, he hears, he speaks. So whatever he hears from God the Father, God the Son, he does what? He speaks. And he will tell you what? Things to come. Why does he tell you things to come? Because God, it's awesome, it's awesome. God is the God that knows the end from the beginning. He knows the beginning. He knows what is going on now and he knows what is the end. What is going on tomorrow? He knows how tomorrow is going to be. So, <laughs> so the key is you don't know the future. And because you don't know the future, you go to you ask the Holy Spirit, what's the future like? So Jesus left the Christian with a tall guide. You know, I have a friend that 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 was telling me that um he wanted to go to Africa and they wanted to go to South Africa. And I said, You need to get a a tall guide. You can't just go by yourself. One of my colleagues was going to, Nigeria, to South Africa, to Roche, South Africa. He was asking me, he says, um, uh, he's going to, this guy is Caucasian. He says, he's going to South Africa. He thought I was South Africa. I said, no, I'm not. Though. You know, and I joked to him. I said, not every black person looks alike, you know. Um, so uh, that was a quick joke. And I joked with him. And I said, for you to be in South Africa, I had to call one of my colleagues in South Africa. I said, so how is best would this man survive in South Africa? He says, this man needs who? A tour guide. He needs the person. The tour guide will be his driver. He's the one that he will drive him from everywhere. So he has to hire him from the airport and he will be with him the whole week. So he, he, the man needed a tour guide. Christians, we have a tour guide. And his name is Holy Spirit. His name is Holy Spirit. Are you faced with challenge? Instead of worrying, ask the Holy Spirit. Because he's there to do what? To strengthen you. He's there to strengthen you. And that's why, you know, it's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. By the grace of God, God will, te will teach us how to what? How to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's where your strength comes from too. And also by the grace of God, God would teach us in, in, in full detail the roles of the Holy Spirit. But for this, for this own case, for this what we're talking about, is the Holy Spirit that what does what? Is our guide. So let me bring this home. Let me bring this home. Let, let, me, let me bring, it's, more of, it's somewhat of a summary, but let me bring this home so we understand. You know, I was talking high, you know, the spiritual stuff, but let me bring it home so we have a better understanding. This is before the law, we ran what? Wild. We did everything and anything. We did whatever sinful nature desired. And you can read it later. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Drunkenness, wild parties, you know, we're doing anything we felt like doing. When the law came around, the law told us what we needed to do or not what we needed not to do. The sinful nature still wanted to do evil, but what? But for the shedding of the blood, it says we were forgiven and we were able to come into what? Into the presence of God. So that's what the law did. You know, God had the provision, brought provision and says, you know what? Yes, you sin, but the priest will do what? Make atonement for you once a year. And God will forgive them. 
and they can come into what? Into his presence. But during the time of the law, we did things by our own what? Physical abilities. We did things on our own physical, everything was physical. I need to do it. Oh, I, you know, I need to do this. I need to do this. So it's terrible to see a born again child of God that is still in the realm of what? The law. They are allowing their flesh to control them. They are allowing their five senses to control them. They are allowing their emotion. They are allowing their environment to control them. They try to change by their own ability. Like I said, I gave the example of the cigarette. He says, you, we Christians, we need, to, we need to start working what? By the ability of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. Christians who walk with their own, by their own ability, they are defeated every day. They are defeated what? Every single day. So the key here is, is we can't be working on our own ability. We need to understand, you know, God, what should we do? We can't be controlled by emotion. The environment. But the place to be is in Christ. This is what, what, what grace is all about. When you have a vice, you search scriptures concerning that situation. You search, you search for scriptures that concerning that issue. And God will change your behavior from inside out. You do not have the ability to do it. You don't have to do anything. That's grace. God says, I'll do it for you. Jesus does the work for us, for you and I. He does it. He does the work for you and I. We don't have to do the work. Can you imagine me trying to stop drinking and smoking? It's, it's difficult. And I, it, I by, his, by his grace, it happened that same, that same period. I stopped drinking because I took the scripture. You know the scripture I took? Perfect love, cast it off here. That's the scripture. I can do all things through Christ, through what? Who strengthens me? That's the scripture. As I took that scripture, God did what? Transformed my life. He transformed my life. And he's still transforming my life till today. He's still transforming your life. If we can allow him to, to do so. The place to be is working with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.14. New Living Translation. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We will not be tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. We will not be influenced by when people try to trick us with lies or, or so, so clever they sound like truth. Do you know how people trick us? You say so clever that sounds like truth. You know what they do? Think about it. You know how people do that? They first tell you the truth. They tell you the truth. Then they mix it with what? Lies. You know, I give you an example. If you see somebody that has a bow leg, all right? The person has a bow leg. So and maybe you're, you're gossiping. Somebody, I won't say you, but somebody is gossiping. And say, ah, you know, Mr. A. Ah, that Peter Johnson, yeah, Peter Valentine. I like using Peter Valentine. I don't know why, but that Peter Valentine, he has a bow leg and he's wicked. Oh my goodness. He's such a wicked guy. You know what happened? He put the truth. The man really has a bow leg. So what happens is when you go and see Peter Valentine, you see the man has a what? 
a bonnet. So you would not believe everything the person said that the man is wicked. <laughs> because he mixed the truth with a lie. And that's why the Bible says what? When people try to trick us with lies so clever, they sound like what? The truth. The Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, will guide us into every truth. He will tell us which is, which is the truth and which is a lie. So Christians, we have the obligation to obey the words, the Holy Spirit. If you want to always stay ahead in life, if you want to be successful in all you do, what the Bible is saying, what? We need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, not our flesh. We're no longer in the era of the law. We're in the era of grace. So the Holy Spirit needs to do what? Needs to influence you to love someone who is mean. It's the Holy Spirit. Left to me and you. Somebody that is mean will cut them off and say, forget about it. Are you crazy? But the Holy Spirit will tell you, love this person. I'm telling you. I, I, I was talking about it on Thursday. Steve Wickersworth. He was a plumber. Kind of researching. In, I think it was in London, Britain. He says, he, he's, he's, he, he says, he told his wife, don't go to church. I, I forbid you from going to church. So there was one time they had a night vigil and the woman went to church. He came back. When she came back, the man said, I told you not to go to church. He pushed her out. Said, stay, stay outside. You don't want to listen to me. Stay outside. He said it was snowing that day. She stayed outside by, the, by her door in the cold. Slept outside. Six o'clock in the morning. He, he opened the door. He saw her shivering. Snow everywhere. And the First thing the girl said was, the woman said was, do you want anything to eat my, my, baby, my honey? Honey? Or should I say honey? Honey? Do you want something to eat? And the man says, wow, this woman that I punished, him so, punished her so much, this woman is asking for my well-being? I need this Jesus that you have. And the man was such a God used him tremendously because he was completely sold out for God. Because he says, wow, is this how it is? He went and woke people up from the dead. <laughs> he says, you, you cannot die before your time. He was on fire for God. Because he was moved with the Holy Spirit. He says, I want this thing. I want this. I want this. And he says, this is exactly what we need to do. We can't be moved. We cannot be moved by what is going on. Think about it. You watch CNN. CNN will tell you, hey, Trump. You, 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 you go ahead. Folks will tell you, don't love Trump. You, man, Christian. Christian. What did the Bible say? In First Timothy 2. Pray for who? Your president. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. We believe in the Holy Spirit. You pray for him. Ask God, God, what should I do here? It's time to vote. What should I do? God, Holy Spirit, help me. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows who's going to be right for the country. Forget about your emotion. Your emotion has no place here. We're not living by the law. We're living by the Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to do. Somebody doesn't love you? Holy Spirit, what should I do? The Holy Spirit says, love them. You say, Holy Spirit, I need your strength to love them. I need your power to love them. And that's what God does. <laughs> he empowers you. He empowers you to love them. Do you know that some people did me wrong? I was, I was, I was, I was stewing. Each time the person preaches, I don't want to listen to the person. Pastor, pastor is not listening to pastor. See, the devil is wicked. 
Oh, I said, man, forget about it. Until one our senior pastor called me and says, he called us and we're talking and we're talking and talking and talking. And he was saying, don't allow the enemy to eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you are not working in love. Go and ask for forgiveness. I was telling the pastor, I said, yes, so I have this. He says, forget about the we're talking to him till almost 12 o'clock at night. I picked up the phone the next morning. I called the person. I said, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. And I asked God, help me to forgive him. Help me to forgive him. I'm working in love. Help me to work in love. You know, last time I spoke to him, we spoke for almost 45 minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. We spoke for 45 minutes because we're not working by any emotions anymore. We're working by the Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to walk by. We're supposed to walk by the Holy Spirit. Christians, be led of the Holy Spirit. That's how we move mountains. That's how we are ahead. That's how no worry comes our way because we are led. Give me five more minutes, please. Five more minutes and we're done. Hallelujah. That's the key. That's the key. Two reasons why we don't walk with the Holy Spirit. Two reasons. The first one, we act as we, we act as if we're in the era of the law. We act as if we're in the era of the law, but we forget we're not in the era of the law, we're in the era of grace. And grace is where you don't deserve it. Grace and mercy, you don't deserve it. God is giving it to you. God gave us the Holy Spirit. To what? Be our guide. We're not with the law. Law is not with us. We're, the law, the era of the law is gone. It's gone. We don't have to do things with our own ability anymore. We, we do. Let, let, me, let, me say, let me tell you what the Lord, the Lord just dropped in my heart. When people are cursing other people out, you shouldn't join in. You don't join in. Christian, don't join in. Because I should, you, the Holy Spirit will talk you and say, don't do it. <laughs> he will talk you and say, don't do it. But what happens is that because we're in the era of what the law as a Christian, we're a Christian, but we're in the era of the law. We want to walk, walk by sight. <laughs> we want to walk by our physical abilities. We want to show what we, we, we judge by allowing our five senses to operate in our lives. And the man is mean, so I need to call him mean. I need to join in to say he's mean. You know, it happened to me. I joined in. You know, this I can tell you about my life. I pray it helps you. I joined in to, to yeah, my boss is mean. Um, then one day the Lord said to me, Oh, yeah, aren't you the same one that is preaching? Shape your world according to your word. Aren't you the same one? Why don't you shape your world according to your word? Instead of saying he's mean too. You know, I then said, yeah, that's true. I said, God, what do you think I should say? He says, why don't you say your boss loves you? Hey, I said, that's a good one. I like it. I like it. That's beautiful. My boss loves me. Every time he does me, I would say he loves me. He loves me like his child. <laughs> why, from a different mother. He loves me like his Caucasian. He loves me like his child. <laughs> I, would, I would confess that. Confess that, confess that for two years. God did a marvelous work in two years. I'm telling you, a phenomenal work in two years. Because what I was shaping my world according to my words. Holy Spirit, He knows the end from the beginning. That's the first thing, because we're in the era of the world. We, the reason why we don't walk in the Holy Spirit because we're in the era of the law. The second reason why we don't walk in the Holy Spirit is that we don't trust God and inv invariably 
We don't trust the Holy Spirit. Like I said, we don't trust God. And invariably, we don't trust the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but those who trust in the law, for though, but for, let me read it again. Isaiah 40, 31. Sorry, my son is here. Sorry, a little distracting me. Isaiah 40, 31. But, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Look, if you trust God, then you, you live higher. You will not be tired because the Holy Spirit strengthens you and the Holy Spirit is your guide. Praise the Lord. I want to use the opportunity. This is the two-pronged opportunity. Two-pronged prayer. The first, the first thing is I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you if you have been living in the era of the law. If you have been living in the era of the law, you know, asking, you know, you've been, you've been, you've been doing things on your own ability. It's time for you to repent. The, Jesus did what? He brought the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. And because we have the Holy Spirit, He's our guide. You are not your guide. You're, not, no, you're no longer living in the air of the law or even before the law, whereby you are guiding yourself. You can't guide yourself. So I want you to really pray. Say, God, help me. Help me. Help me to change. Help me to change. I don't want to be the way I used to, I, I have been. I want to be guided of the Holy Spirit. I want to be guided of the Holy Spirit. I want you to, to guide me at all times. I want you to pray. Say, God, I need the Holy Spirit to come and guide me. And if you also haven't, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. He's been speaking to you and you haven't been listening to him. You know, the Bible says, do not, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to guide you. But, you know, say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Because he's been telling you, make a right. You say, no, I'll make a left. Use the opportunity now. Say, God, help me. Help me to be guided, to trust you, to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Help me to stop being in, living in the era of the law. No, I have to do it by myself. And that's why, we get, that's why we get confused. We get worried. When things don't work out by ourselves, we start to get worried. That's where the worry comes from. Because you're doing things, you know, if you, if you listen to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to the, the first part of worry. It says you're putting all your treasures in the, in the, earth, in the earthly things instead of putting your treasure in, in heaven. And this is part of putting your treasure in heaven by trusting what? Trusting the Holy Spirit. Just, just ask God that from today onwards, don't say, I will do it. Say, help me. Change. When you, you know, we say that, I will, by, by, by next week, I will start to trust the Holy Spirit. No. Now you're back to the era of what? The law. You change it and say, God, help me to always hear the Holy Spirit and be doer, a doer of, the, doer of what the Holy Spirit says. Help me to be to allow the Holy Spirit to guide me. Do not, do not go in the aspect of the error of the law. Say, God, I will do it. 
No, you can't. We cannot. Did, did the Bible didn't say, I, I can do all things through I who strengthened me? It says, through Christ who strengthens me. Praise the Lord. I'll just give you a few minutes. I'll give you a few minutes to really go back, go to God, go back to God and say, God, I need, I really do need your help. I cannot do this. And if, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, it's an opportunity too. You know, you just you just pray, say, God, I, I, I've, made a, I've made a mess of my life. <laughs> I really made a mess of my life. I thought I could do it by myself. I really, I can't. I can't, I can't do it by myself. I, I need your help. You know, I need you to come and guide me. You know, I need you to come and be the Lord of my life. I need you to transform my life. You know what is going on. We're at the beginning, but you know what is going to happen to my life 20 years from now, 10 years from now. I need you in my life. Come into my life and be the Lord of my life. What I mean by Lord? It means that, Lord, that you would take control of my life. I don't take control. You will take control. This is an opportunity. Father, and pray, pray, say, God, I thank you for taking over in the name of Jesus. I also want to reach out to people that they feel, they feel, you know, their life, you know, they feel that, man, their life is just going haywire. Things are not going, things are not working out. I want to, I want to encourage you that God he knows that this message was going to come today. He says, why don't you depend on the Holy Spirit to, to put your life back in order? To put your life back. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you glory. We thank you. Thank you for, for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for this, this teaching today. It was really, it's what you said it was an urgent. You told me it was an urgent teaching. Say this is so urgent. Lord, I've spoken what you have asked me to, to tell your people. Holy Spirit, it's up to you now. You have, you have the free reign to reveal yourself even more to them. Holy Spirit, we're sorry if we have grieved you whereby we don't walk according to your step. We don't walk according to your direction. Help us so that we can always hear your voice. As we hear your voice, you guide us. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and they want to follow me. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to tune in. Tune in with even with all the noise. Help us to tune the noise out and tune into you so that you can guide us. You can guide us to our direction, to our destination. Lord, you're our spiritual GPS. Lord, we have physical GPSs that guide us to a, a destination. Lord, you are the, our spiritual GPS that guides us to our direction, to our destination. You, has, you have been called to guide our lives. So Lord, we're, we're sorry that we put, you, we put you in a box. We put you we put you in a corner and we're acting by the law. We've been trying to do things ourselves. We've been, we've, been, we've, been, we've been guiding our lives, which is not supposed to be. Lord, we repent of it, Lord. We repent and we ask you to, to come and guide our lives. We ask you to come and come and bring direction. To come and come and come and come and make us, you know, give us directions. Help us to know that this is this is what you want for us. When the era of grace, where you are the one that will, that does that will do everything for us. Father Lord, we are, we're grateful. We're grateful because Lord, from today onwards, we, we pray that Lord, you, you will come and guide us. 
you guide us to all through. Guide us. This is the first month. Lord, it's not highly. Hallelujah. It's not a mistake that it, you, you're giving us this message today, November 1st. It's not a mistake, Lord. Because you want us to be guided, guided for the rest of the year, the rest of the year, so that, Lord, everything, hallelujah, glory. I know now, I know now, I know now why you're giving us this message today. I know now, Lord, I know now that that everything that you have packaged for us for 2020, hallelujah, everything you packaged for us for 2020, we're able to receive it. We're able to get it. We're able to, we're able to receive it, get it, and run with it. Because some of us haven't been able to get everything that you have for 2020. There's things that are lacking. But Lord, today, today is a day of change. Today is a day of you are ordering our steps again. You're ordering our steps aright so that we can get everything that you have for us 2020, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we give you glory. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I receive it. I receive this message, Lord. I receive. I know we receive it too. We receive this message. Lord, we pray and we thank you because, Lord, we will be guided by the Holy Spirit. We will be guided by you. We will. We will. We will. We will. Father, Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, awesome God. Help us, Lord. If we miss it tomorrow, help us to bring us back. To bring us back. To bring us back. It's just like sometimes we, we're going on with the GPS and we miss it. He says, redirect it. We re redirect it. Father Lord, redirect us. Redirect us back. Redirect us back. Redirect us back. Lord, we want to want to take everything you have for us for 2020. We don't want to miss a bit. We don't want to miss one thing. Father Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor, go ahead.